I really just want to get people to get their feet wet and teach them the foundational principles of investing and how if you start at a certain age and you just kind of stay consistent with it, what type of returns you can expect to get in that process. And so it's a very straightforward approach because there isn't much management that needs to really occur in that process other than just understanding what sort of fund works for you and then moving accordingly from there. Hey, what's good, everybody? And thank you for tuning in to episode 33 of Highly Invested, where we invest in ourselves, talk about personal growth, and we ask entrepreneurs and those practicing the financial independence retire early movement about the best investments in time, money, and energy that they've made that have gotten them to where they are today. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 32. Today on the show, we've got a West Coast investor and financial consultant who teaches people how to budget and helps get their money working for them with her Instagram account at Financially Brave. Today, we have Alexis on the show. Alexis, how are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Glad we can connect. I've been loving your uh, nice, crisp script posts, or what would you say, text posts? (laughs) Yeah, text posts, yep. (laughs) Always inspiring. Thank you. And yeah, so how how have you been doing with the with the quarantine? Are you surviving okay? Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, it's been obviously a shock to to everyone, um, and so I've had to adjust to working at home and um, you know getting a routine going and all of that. But I'm finally getting settled and getting things to as normal as it can be in my household, and just you know hoping for the best, hoping for everyone's safety and well being as well. Yeah, seriously, it's scary times, unprecedented, but. Yeah, you you work with what you got, but hopefully you're okay. Your family's doing well and and you don't have any any real concerns. Just got a good time to be grateful. And I actually saw a tweet today that was really good. It was instead of saying you're working from home, you're someone who's at home during a crisis trying to work. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. It's a much better way to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, yeah, defining yourself by your job. Like, oh, I got to work from home. (laughs) Exactly. It's all about perspective for sure. It's so true. I just I saw that. I was like, you know what? That's a that's exactly how I'm going for. So you can totally use that to your advantage. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'll definitely use it. Good. And (laughs) so some of the changes that have have there been some that have gone smoother than expected or any big U-turns that you've had to make that you can share? Yeah, I was, you know, I was expected to speak for a a high school summit a few weeks ago, and that was canceled suddenly just because it was right when the NBA had stopped their season. But around that time, that's when that opportunity fell through. And then, you know, just adjusting to not having to go to a a co-working space. And so that's where I get a lot of my work done throughout the day. And then when I come home, that's where I have my downtime. And so now kind of just being confined to, to one area ha- was an adjustment for quite some time, but I'm finally settling in and just, again, like you said a little bit earlier, just be, ha- having a, a decent perspective of the situation and trying to stay positive has just really helped me kind of get back in my zone. Good. Yeah. You got to yeah. keep yourself grounded as, as often as you can, but, and, and like yeah. as a financial consultant running your own business, does it, is it affecting you a lot financially or is this kind of a good time where people are curious about about money yeah that's an interesting question to ask because i'm in i'm in an interesting point in my business where i just finished um one launch with a a online course and so i'm in transition of you know doing another online course later on this month for a second round in terms of finances i'm not 
impacted significantly simply because I mean I teach people how to save and use their money wisely and so it would be silly if I wouldn't I wasn't doing the same <laughs> so in terms of having like you know financial background uh, financial backing and like stability yeah um, that is definitely still you know intact for me and I'm not worried financially about that aspect that's helpful and I imagine your costs aren't too high either if it's mostly just exactly. knowledge right so exactly exactly yeah, it's just tough with some of those speaking gigs, I can imagine. I had like my first yeah. university gig lined up to talk in front of a class and it got postponed, obviously. So Aww. it's, you know what, I, I spent a lot of time writing it, but then like, it was like, what do I do with all this free time now? <laughs> so, you know, so, but yeah. you roll with the punches, I guess, and you figure it out. Uh, definitely, definitely. And it, it'll blow over. I don't know when, but you know, eventually we'll be able to resume back to regular life and so just hoping that that price that process is expedited of course yeah yeah you know the more people stay in but um and and so you, you said you you put out a course is that some material that you've you've made or can you tell us a bit more about that yeah so i basically it's an online platform um where i have a it's a four-week course and it covers the process of financial management so we go it's unique because we we do really two things the first is educating people on the behavioral aspect of financial management meaning learning how to be disciplined because right. a lot of people they get caught up in kind of the tactical aspect of financial management in the sense that they want to understand how to invest they want to understand what a stock is and what a bond is but before that they don't even really know how to follow through with the plan and you know not get too emotional in the process and so we right it's all behavior really exactly exactly more than anything it's behavior so we really focus on that in the first couple of weeks and then we shift over into investment and budget education and just teaching people how to kind of put that motivation in action that's really cool and and i just want to ask because i I actually made a web series recently and it's it's more of a condensed three-hour video that people can watch in their own time but how do you find it is working with people over like the four week? Do you find it's actually a bit more of like a better model? Um, I haven't experimented. I haven't, I can't con- contrast that to a full, right, okay. you know what I mean? But um, so I guess I should reword it. How, yeah. how do you, do you find that it's a good approach? Like getting people over like over a period of time like yeah. that? Um, it, yeah, I think so. I'm always open to experimenting and I think that I'm still going to continue doing that with my model, with what I yeah. put out and having the four week series. I, I do think it's easier for my clients to digest what I'm teaching them. And so I might even extend it. It might be more than four weeks. It might go to like six or eight weeks, but I'm still experimenting to see like what the sweet spot is. But yeah, so far it's been, it's been good. Okay, cool. Good luck with that. I'm just curious because myself, I'm, you know, trying to figure out new ways that I could try to make people interested about money. It's a hard topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. And you have to find a way to, to do it that, you know, resonates with them. So it, it's tricky. Yeah, cool. Thanks for that input. Now, the yeah. Instagram name, props to that. You locked in financially brave. How did you pull that off? And like, was there any idea behind it? Oh my goodness. So, I mean, exactly a year ago, well, a little bit more than a year ago, it was the end of March, I created the brand. And I remember earlier in that week thinking like, what am I going to call this brand? Because I didn't want to get caught up in just prolonging the process because I couldn't think of a name. And so I just told myself like, when you find something that sounds decent, when you find, find something that like feels relevant, just go with it. And so even with Financially Brave, I still sometimes I'm thinking to myself, like, is it was this a good name to go with? But I get a lot of compliments on it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm happy with it. I asked my dad and he was like, No, I do not like that name. 
but I was like, you know what? I don't have time. And so I ended up just going with financially brave and it's been working out. So I think I'm going to keep it. And, um, I've been getting good feedback. So that's good. Good. Yeah. I mean, it it rolls off the tongue in a way and it's, you know, kind of like an oxymoron, like financially brave, not as like, that's what you have to do to take control of your finances. You actually have to be (laughs) right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's been working out. (laughs) Nice. And did that kind of just pop up in your head one day or did, was there any, yeah, there was no trigger point for that. It was just, there wasn't a moment where I remember like an aha, like, Oh yes, financially brave. It just, it came and I decided to lock it in. Cool. Oh, good on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember getting a message, like, not to say that my name's great, but I, someone at yeah. one time was like, you should change your name to something more digestible. And I was like, no, uh, I, I like the name of my account. Maybe you're just trying to steal it. Anyway, I didn't end up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You need but to be careful, yeah. <laughs> it's true, but no, you're so right. It Better to just put it out there and, and start and, and make the adjustment, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool, and so... Basically, if you can think back, what was one of your first big purchases with money? Like, what was your first big girl purchase that you made by that you made by yourself? I mean, my college tuition was probably the biggest oh. thing I've ever paid for. Um, Props to you, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like outside of school, because education is expensive for pretty much anyone, um, I've I've managed to keep my expenses pretty low post college. I think you know maybe buying a laptop. Well, I'm sorry. I want to go way back. Like, so in your childhood, maybe, or like teenage years, what was the first big purchase that you made, even if it was a good or bad one? I, yeah, you know, as a child, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So it wasn't like I had the flexibility to even make a quote unquote big purchase. There were times where maybe if I had like graduation money or something like that, I might have gone on like a shopping spree, but I was very limited with the capital that I had uh, post-college. And so any opportunity for me to really spend on something big would have been after I had graduated just because that's when I was, you know, I had income coming in, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that, that does make total mm-hmm. sense. I, I just, I remember I had one purchase growing up and spent $150 on a skateboard rail once. Oh, and I don't know why, but it just stuck in my head. I think my parents were just so appalled. They're like, oh God, he's going to be a spender like his older brother. That's so funny. And, <laughs> that's so funny. but, um, yeah, but I guess obviously, you know, I guess maybe that that perspective you had growing up yeah. is, is one of the reasons why you were so um, so quick to to take control of your finances. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's my unique position with that because I just didn't have the ability to even if I wanted to drop one hundred fifty dollars on, you know, a cool item back when I was a teenager, I just didn't have access to money like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that opportunity came when I was older and I would even in that area when I was still kind of learning how to manage my money, it was just because I would spend very loosely in social settings or, you know, Mm -hmm, because I was like maybe shopping a lot for things that I didn't need, whether it be for clothes or for some, you know, other materialistic things. But, um, I, in some ways I would say it's good that I just didn't have the opportunity to kind of lose my mind uh, with spending and make really big purchases. But yeah, as it relates to my personal situation, I would say maybe like just on tech or something like that, a laptop or, you know, maybe like a vacation I shouldn't have been going on at the time or something like that would have been like a really large purchase. Yeah. Or we know whatever helps you get through school or they're just kind of that. Yeah. Vacation to celebrate after, but no, it's true. Not everyone has that luxury. So that, that's a perfect response. Yeah. And are there any like valuable lessons that you learned from your parents growing up or was money something that you learned on your own? 
I think that both of them kind of go hand in hand. Growing up in a in a place where we just didn't have a lot of money. I mean, both my parents were working, and mm-hmm. um, you know, they were able to provide a roof over my head and my brother's head, and we were fed, and you know, we weren't like starving or anything like that. But growing, going, going into college and kind of being exposed to people in other financial situations and just understanding kind of the right. world of opportunities that do exist. I realized from my situation that I just wanted to be able to do more for my children in the future and for myself. And so using that kind of emotional coming from that like emotional place and then taking it upon myself to get into careers that related to finance and then also going to seminars and just like watching YouTube videos and putting yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what really kind of jumpstarted my career slash entrepreneurship journey into what I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And well, it's amazing that you managed to pay for all of your schooling yourself. Where did you go to school? Oh, no, I, I, I mean, when I talk about expenses, I mean that I was, Okay. I, I took on a bunch of debt to go to school. I didn't mean like actually pay for it in cash. Okay. No, um, fair enough. I mean, but <laughs> you took care of that debt, I'm assuming yourself. So yeah. So I'm, I'm in process of eliminating all of it. I'm not completely done yes. yet because tuition is very expensive and I live in San Francisco. So there's a lot that I'm um, balancing, but of course yeah. I did work while I was in school. So I was paying for like my living expenses and all of that. It was just tuition that was being compensated from loans. Um, fair okay yeah but like, like large amounts and like it's just the, the the bill itself is just so big in the states right so it's kind exactly. of just like the rite of passage but exactly exactly uh, but yeah I I'm sorry I didn't even remember what you were asking me <laughs> no uh where'd you where'd you study sorry <laughs> yeah it's okay um I went to San Francisco State University and I studied business management and Spanish and Spanish not business management in and Spanish, Spanish. <laughs> okay yeah. yeah yeah business management and Spanish <laughs> nice and, and and when like was there any finance involved or did you kind of just like like the spreadsheet aspect I know you're a big fan of the budgeting part yeah so to get a degree in business management you do have to take finance courses so accounting was involved and there was like a few finance financial courses that I had to take but most of my knowledge came from I, I started working in like real estate and um, also wealth management firms post graduating and so I was able to really even though I was in like support roles I was I had direct exposure to executives who were you know doing the damn thing and I would just kind of observe a lot of absorb what a lot of what they were yeah. doing and then also took it upon myself to to learn outside of my nine to five. Cool. Yeah. Well, that that's so super important. Using any of that free time wisely, even just a bit every day. It's crucial, and I, I don't think I would have been, um, I wouldn't have come as far as I have if I didn't take. I mean, I was constantly working for like 12, 12 15 hour days, just really taking in all this information as much as I could. So yeah. that's a huge part of the journey. Yeah, t- patience, but like time to process all that as well. Yes, exactly. And so, so I guess, are, are you fairly, fairly new on your um, entrepreneurial venture with, with being a financial consultant or when did that start? Yeah, I've been talking about it for quite some time. I'm sorry, my Alexa is going off right now. She's going to say sorry. something random. Like, yeah, give me one second. Like, I don't know why to turn her off. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Creepy. <laughs> yeah, so I've been talking about finance for quite some time in more informal settings. So talking to you know my friends about it and educating people when I had the ability to do it. I started a blog a couple of years ago. But in terms of actually launching Financially Brave, that's a company that's been around for just a year. And so my engagement with my community in that sense is, is 
pretty new. Cool. Yeah. And and how has that process been so far, I guess, you know, transitioning from being an employee to taking all the responsibility on yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a process. It's not easy, especially when you are coming from a place. I'm very, one, I'm very private. Two, I'm rather, you know, introverted. And I like to do like the work behind the scenes, but then having to present it is a whole nother ball game for me. And so really learning how to like communicate with people and, you know, sometimes like hopping on my stories or making a video, even if I don't feel like doing it, that in and of itself has been a challenge. But then there's also, you know, learning how to, talk about your services to sell. There's all sorts of aspects of a business that you have to like hone in on and you may not have that exposure if you're doing that in the nine to five. So that has all been a journey, but I'm, you know, yeah. I'm enjoying the process. I understand that that's just kind of what it takes in order to grow and develop. Good. Yeah. Well, and like, just to be like clear yeah. and concise when you're, when you're making that pitch or trying yeah. to get a point across, it's. Yeah, it absolutely. It's no, it's no easy thing. No, that's good. I mean, best of luck with that. And, and obviously for being someone who's uh, more private and uh, more of an introvert, thank you for coming on and sharing some of this as well. <laughs> no good to get you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, great. And so so I like to ask my guests these three big investment questions. Basically, it's if you can think back over your lifetime, uh, what are three big investments that you've made in yourself, whether in like mm-hmm. time, money or energy? that you made that have really helped get you to where you are now okay time time money and what was the other one energy and energy yeah so okay, it's like so I'm, it's sorry it's more of just like a, a vague guideline but any mm-hmm. story you might want to share of like something like a maybe it doesn't have to be a financial investment itself but like you bought something that you thought was a waste of money ended up teaching you a lesson or something like that. Got it. Uh, I know it can be tough to think of on the spot. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, like like a really genuine response, I would say is one of the biggest investment in my business has definitely has been time. And when I say time and honestly, time and energy, because there's, again, there's so many aspects of a business that you have to understand in order to really get your brand to develop and to grow and to continue to get exposure. And so really taking the time to dive into each and every one of those skills, whether it's learning how to market, whether it's learning how to sell yourself, whether it's learning how to communicate to people. I mean, this does not come, we're not, we don't come out of the womb knowing these things right off the bat, you know? No, and you can't wait for it forever. It's not just going to come, exactly, right? You go get exactly. it. Exactly. And so practice is, of course, one of it where you just have to kind of go and just get comfortable doing it over and over again. But also like yeah. reading lots of books and watching videos and learning from people who have been there and have done that has been the biggest investment by far. When I am not posting on my page, I am literally learning every single day. I'm learning. I am reading for hours on end. And um, Good finance is a part of it like I obviously have to spend sometimes you know obviously like to have have the website domain or like to pay for like the email service subscriptions and all of that but that's pretty Mm -hmm. minute compared to the energy and the time that I'm putting into developing myself as an entrepreneur that's true and I think they do complement each other when you think about it like whatever you're putting your time and your energy into it's almost like if you can put if you can get both of there you're getting twice as much done almost right exactly Cool. Yeah, I can imagine, especially starting from scratch. It's trial and error is the best way. But from my experience, I think it's really the only way. <laughs> exactly. And um, it just it just takes time. It really takes a lot of time. So 
um, that's definitely my biggest investment. Yeah, it does. And okay, and I, sorry, just to step back, but like, and how long did you work in like the corporate space, or did yeah. you work before um, making that transition? Yeah, so I was working in the corporate space for about five years before actually jump starting into financially brave and and doing that. And so, Mars, yeah. so you did give yourself a lot of time, and like that's the kind of the career development, yeah, I guess. Aspect. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think again, there's only so much there's there's so much you can learn from watching someone do something. A lot of it is just kind of getting in, getting your feet wet, and then just doing it. And that's just that's kind of like what I I figured out last year, and it never feels natural. Good, yeah, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, right? Exactly, exactly. That's kind of the motto that you have to have when you're an entrepreneur. Is just like anything that feels uncomfortable, like you should actually go towards it and and <laughs> and do it. You know. <laughs> sounds crazy and like it's not easy but yeah it's so true yeah exactly exactly so that's my motto good that's so important and then like well let's say what's what's an investment that that has been worthwhile obviously university education would be would be a very good one but is there anything else you you spent money on that you were pleasantly surprised like a like a good book or something um so i read a lot so there's plenty of books that i definitely would say have been a great investment a recent investment that i spent on was a training with uh for dale carnegie's like public speaking mastery course and so yeah oh nice yeah um and so that's obviously you know costs quite a bit but it was something that i felt was worthwhile especially because i think as my business continues to grow and expand more and more opportunities are going to come for me to, you know, public speak. And so just getting practice with that, but then also getting tips from, you know, professionals in that industry, I felt was worthwhile. And so that was actually something I spent on last, less than a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, I actually did the training. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, obviously I'm, you, you must've read like how to win friends and influence people then if you're interested in Dale. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. And, and like a course like that, like, you know, people would think, oh, you can't like, but it's a good investment if you're willing to put the time in and it's a brand that you respect. And exactly, exactly. And it's yeah. never, yeah, it's never, no one ever really wants to drop money on anything. You want to, you know, you want to get your information for free. But when you are <laughs> investing in something that's going to have long term value for you, you just have to sometimes make that decision and take that leap and just, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, do it. <laughs> Yeah, like the price is the number, but it's the value that it's going to get you. That's that's it. It's exactly, so important to distinguish yeah. between the two. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's like one of my favorite concepts of just trying to find new ways of like explaining the same thing. But uh, yeah, I've got to think of more analogies for that. But no, it, it, it's true. Price is what you pay, but value is what you're getting out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the motto. And so how long is that course for? And are you just halfway are you are you starting it in the process is it a long course so the course was it it started early march and it was for a couple of days and so basically okay. what they did there there's two different options there's a course where it goes over several weeks but the course sessions are really short so you're just going multiple times you know throughout you know a month or two but the course i did is it's very it's comparable but they consolidated all of those sessions into like basically three full days like two or three full days and so I did that early March and I've got the certificate and everything of completion and so I am done awesome you're in, you're an alumni yeah. with Warren Buffett I am yeah I know. yeah <laughs> that's so cool actually cool. yeah <laughs> and was that in person as well like the condensed course cool i like that because you can you know yeah that's it though you you can find so many courses online and again you want to be able to find that information for free but if you can do it in person it's a thousand times better oh my gosh yes and a thousand times more like uncomfortable i was like oh my goodness (laughs) i have to get up and speak ah 
but um, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, keep doing your IGTV videos. They're you know yeah, get them more yeah, in sequence if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I will. I practice will. makes perfect. But <laughs> exactly, exactly. Good. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Now, when you started yeah. deciding that you know what, I'm going to do my own investing. I'm going to try and put this all into work myself. Uh, was it was it scary mm-hmm. when you started, and did you have any guidance, or did you just kind of take that leap by yourself and and just try as you went? Um, in terms of actually just getting started with investing. Yeah, like I guess do you, do you manage your own portfolio? Yeah, so I worked I worked at a wealth management firm, and so having exposure to other people's accounts and like actually seeing the process definitely helped. But even before that, I felt very comfortable. Kind That's of such a cheat code, actually. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone (laughs) um but i you know i read a lot and the thing is is what i teach people is how to passively generate money for themselves over a long period of time so it's not like i'm teaching people how to actively invest and trade day in and day out that would be a little bit more complicated um i don't know if i would feel completely comfortable doing that right now with where my business is at i really just want to get people to get their feet wet and teach them the foundational principles of investing and how if you start at a certain age and you just kind of stay consistent with it, what type of returns you can expect to get in that process. And so it's a very straightforward approach because there isn't much management that needs to really occur in that process other than just understanding what sort of fund works for you and then moving accordingly from there. Right. Yeah. It's so true. Like, cause I I actually kind of focus on the same thing and and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to target Canadians, but it's essentially just, yeah, like pay yourself first. Yeah. Buy every month. And that's it. Like exactly. It's a, such an easy system. You just set exactly. that al- set that reminder like once a month and log in. Yeah, so exactly, um, exactly. Yep. Good approach because it, it's it is a lot more of just um, getting getting the person to really think about themselves and their own needs and like yeah, what's you know constant distractions are, are popping out of nowhere and and an investor's greatest enemy is ultimately themselves most of the right. time right. when they sell early. So. It's a uh, it's a good approach. And have you found any certain age group to be most interested in in your services so far? Yeah, you know, it, it definitely seems like millennials. So people who are like in their early twenties, I get a lot of students who reach out to me. A lot of like students, um, college students who reach out to me, and then nice. people who are like in their early thirties. So like those are like the two common demographics for me right now is people who are like in their early thirties or they're um, in college. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've, I've ran a few Facebook ads just with the web series offering it for free even. And just, um, yeah. I, I actually made a pretty wide range from like 20 or I think it was 18 to 45 just because I, okay. but, but you know what I mean? Like the, the thing that we, we can show people about money that they might not know of is valuable to anyone at any age. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyone can benefit from it. And I think the younger, the better, of course, because you can get started sooner, started sooner, but yeah, yeah I mean, anyone can benefit from it yeah and it, that's one thing I'm, I'm trying to formulate it in a way that like you know tries not to make i don't want to make like obviously you don't want to make anyone feel embarrassed especially say parents or older people right but even so right. if you're not the one that can start it you know it's still such valuable information to get your kids or your grandchildren educated on so exactly yeah exactly yeah there's so much there's so much that you can learn and benefit from whether it be you or a loved one or a friend yeah yeah just from that knowledge sharing that info and so have you did you ever own mutual funds or have you always been a passive investor so yes index funds have always been my thing index funds are etfs and those are i mean index funds are the type of mutual fund so i've always been yeah i've always been a mutual fund 
person. And I encourage people to get involved in investing in that realm. And if they want to have, you know, they have fun money and they want to bet on a company or two, like go for it. But as a strategy for building wealth, I encourage people to look at mutual funds. Yeah. Or at least, but passive mutual funds. They're just exactly much. Yeah. Cause that's exactly. the one thing I started with mutual funds and it's, I never faced any sort of, um, you know, I never know like the fee didn't have an impact on me, but how I found right. out like what got me on the rabbit hole of learning was that I had a financial advisor in Canada, at least basically invest my money when I wasn't living in Canada. And uh-huh. so when I came home a year and a half later, I found out that I had racked up $1,400 in tax because like, because <laughs> the account that I used, you're not allowed to contribute when you're not living in the country. So it was just one of those. I was uh... like, what is a professional yeah. anymore? <laughs> <laughs> but and it, Right. And even, you know, since then, I've just I've never been into the, the active mutual funds, but I just think that is just the the, the fee, the, the difference it makes is unbelievable. I want uh, everyone yeah. to know. So definitely, but. definitely. Yeah. And, you know, history has shown us time and time again that, you know, a mutual fund, someone who's actively managing a portfolio, they might be able to beat the stock market for five, 10, you know, even 15 years at a time. But over a lo- the longer periods of time as it starts to accrue it's very unlikely that someone will continue, a manager will continue to outperform the stock market. And so it's just easier to, to take a very passive approach and yeah. you know, stick with consistent returns and, you know, just take lower fees and, and just go on about and your business. keep more of your money, ultimately. Yeah, you keep way yeah. more because of it. So Absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually rereading The Intelligent Investor. I think it's a good time for it. And it's super interesting, yeah. though, how they, they highlight, like, hey, don't forget that, you know, fund managers that are responsible for managing active mutual funds, they have a, you know, they have to meet certain deadlines every three months. Therefore, they have to be active mm-hmm. and they have to technically, mm-hmm. you know, be impatient, which leads to, yeah, exactly that, mm-hmm. lower returns. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just mm-hmm. like the irony of like, you pay for better service, but statistically, they're going to get you probably lower return. <laughs> like, <laughs> Does no one see the? Oh, what was the name? But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, hey, keep keep so spreading the good message. Yeah, I think more people need to hear it. So I think I I don't know about you, but I feel like we're just in kind of like this new renaissance of information with all the knowledge we have out here. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, just for better or for worse. It, yes, exactly. Well, just yeah. I guess part yeah. of the process, but. In these times, at least, for anyone that is getting some sort of money, it is a benefit to just even put in 50 or 100 mm-hmm. bucks just once a month. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think as, as cost of living continues to rise and, um, you know, younger generations start to get a little bit older and get kind of, you know, put into the working world, people are starting to realize the value of, of being smart with your money and having that foundation because it is scary times, you know, even despite even without the coronavirus, just kind of, you know, cost of living in in America, you know, as, you know, medical expenses and just all sorts of stuff that that are going on political, politically, it it impacts people's money. And so it's important to be smart and wise and strategic about how you're using it. Yeah, no, it's so important. Like housing prices going up, but wages staying stagnant. That's a bad sign. A lot of those. Yeah, a lot of those things. Now, are you technically someone that is actively pursuing fire or what are your you know long-term goals look like at the moment or do you do you have any so my long-term goal for right now is to really continue to get my to build that foundation for financially brave and to make sure that um, i'm serving i'm serving the community of people who follow me and you know also 
continuing to improve my product, my digital course, maybe expanding it to something else. I don't know what that would look like just yet, but um, right now I'm definitely just kind of like mm. about solidifying everything and, and making sure that people are being served. And so far so good, but you know, there's always room to learn and, and to improve. And so I'm always looking for those spots and, and adjusting accordingly. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's it. It's and like retirement, I don't think it's what it used to be essentially. Like, right. you know, if if you're doing something that you like, you don't want to stop and just that right. freedom to do that. So key. Right. Um yeah. now, do do you mind sharing your your personal asset allocation, just not like anything specific, but just like what percentages in ETFs and what might be in stock? Yeah, so I'm I mean I'm pretty much like 90% in stocks. The S&P 500 is my go-to. Okay. I you yeah. know investing in the S&P 500 as you know is like investing in America's economy and is has been like a benchmark for the global economy for so long and so my strategy is to really bet on that. And just and, get as many you know, shares and re- like exactly. compound the dividends, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Reinvest the dividends, um stay consistent with your contribution um and then for bonds, it's a really small allocation. I'm, I'm young, so I don't really need um, that sort of protection right now to yeah. hedge anything. But so true. Um, you know, just ha- to have something there, I, I do. But yeah, it's mainly S and P 500 is is my strategy for now. And I think hmm. I have a few, a few. Um, actually, I have an allocation of like some uh, small cap stocks because those okay. are a little bit riskier than this S and P. Yeah, 500, but they grow but, exactly. Yeah. They grow more. So exactly, exactly. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I love hearing that though because like when you break it down you just you know that the S&P 500 ETF has you know whether it's actually following all 500 companies or right. at least a good makeup of it like there's so many companies inside of that right right and they're strong companies this is not like exactly it's so true these are yeah these are companies that have you know incredible backing have been around for a long time typically like I mean Apple and McDonald's and Tesla I mean these are all really great um, great company. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's my strategy. And that's what I encourage people who are young and have a long time horizon, um, to at least have something invested in the S and P 500. Yeah. So to that or the total market, because one, one mm-hmm. thing is, is, you know, you, as someone that is a, someone that likes to, to recommend ETFs to people, I, you, I'll get questions of like, so how many ETFs should I get 10 mm-hmm. or 12? And it's like, no, no, you just don't need that much. But right. Yeah. I guess it's, yeah, just about breaking it down and making it seem smaller than, just have, having to put all of it in there at once. But. Exactly. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks for sharing because I, I think, yeah, just the more people that can hear how simple it is to get the system going, the better and they can benefit from it. Absolutely. And I think people are always caught up in like when they think of investing, they're thinking of like these images of people on the New York Stock Exchange and they're, you know, they're doing all these trading at at the, you know, on the on the trading floors and, you know, all of this crazy stuff. And it's not investing does not need to be that process, like especially for wealth building. If you're looking to have fun, go for it. But for a strategy for wealth building, it's super duper simple. You just open an account and you contribute to it. Yeah, no, that's so true. Do, do you have any sort of like, not to not to give away any of your secret sauce, but any good mm-hmm. approach that you typically like to, like a perspective of yours that you share people that works well with them just on like the basis of wealth creation versus gambling and trying to get rich quick? Yes. So the example I typically use is going to Vegas. If someone were to, you know, if you were to come up to me today and say, Hey, I have $10,000 and I want to build wealth, right? (laughs) I could tell you two, I could tell you two things, right? The first thing is I could tell you to go to Vegas, go hit a gambling table and bet on the color red. And if, you know, if the little, I'm thinking of the game roulette. Yeah. I was, I was going to say bet on black. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
but if it doesn't land on the color that you um, were hoping that it would land on, you would lose all of your money. But if it does, you would double your money, right? Mm -hmm. So you're taking an extremely risky approach. You, it's either going to work out for you or it's not. If it does, it's going to be great. But if it doesn't, you're going to lose all of your money. If I were to say that to you, you would look at me like I'm crazy. You would say, well, I don't want to take, you know, such a risky approach to actually building my wealth. Yeah. So that's exactly what, you know, when people are picking stocks and they don't really know how to research them and determine if a company is strong, that's exactly what they're doing. They're betting on companies, you know, individually and hoping that it works out for them. And that's just not a strategic, that's not a great way to go about it. When you're no. thinking about building wealth, you want to look at kind of gathering a lump sum of different companies and investing in them that way. And so if one or two companies do turn out to be bad eggs, you still have plenty of others to, to hold you up in that time. And so that's the example I like to use is just going to Vegas is, is a, um, it's a gambling approach and picking stocks is very similar to that. If you want to yeah. have, if you have $5 and you want to go bet on roulette for fun, go for it, but you should never use that as your um, strategy to actually building wealth. So that's how I explain it to people. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Cause I, I did, this just kind of popped up in my head, but like, you know, that maybe the monthly contribution is like building a house brick by brick. And that's something that for the long term, you can explain, but right. you know, it, it's good to hear just different ways because it's like even myself. I want to get some of my friends to 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 start the long term investing, and I just want right. them all to be where I am in the next 30, 40 right. years. But obviously, people—it's <laughs> a tough topic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know, just lead by example. That we try our best. <laughs> so exactly. um, great. Now, Alexis, do you mind sharing? Uh, you said you read a lot of books. Any? Can you recommend like three books uh, to any of the listeners that you've read recently that you really like? Yes. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Let me see. What do I really, I mean, I love, love, love reading. So principles by Ray Dalio is really good. Um, it's a pretty good on one. Yes. Principles are really good. Highly recommend. Um, intelligent investor. You're already reading that. That's a good one. Millionaire next door. Um, the subtle art of not giving an F. That's a good teacher. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's all sorts of, oh, there's one more. Wait, let me check this bookshelf. Okay. As cool. a Man Thinketh. That's also a really good one. That's another one. That's a short read, isn't it, as well? Yes, it's a very short read. I think I read it in just one sitting, but it was it was really good. Nice. I've got a bunch of sticky notes, and one of them is books that I hear about. And I know that's one of them I've got, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Um, yes. A few of those, so... It's good to hear them as a reminder. And um, so another one, what are some open browser tabs that you have on your laptop right now? Ooh, so I have, as I'm talking to you right now, I have like five YouTube <laughs> browsers open for um, marketing strategies. And then I have a Twitter page open and then Facebook ads are open. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love asking that question because nowadays people have so many tabs, right? It's like, no, I need to come back to this and I can't let it go. <laughs> exactly um yeah i actually i i like to use the approach of keeping just one tab open because you sh that's how you should really be focusing but yeah, true. Um, the tabs that I, I have multiple tabs on right now just because these are things that i'm constantly going in and out of and so it's just easier to have it open and ready to go nice yeah makes sense yeah. and and do you have a lot of experience with facebook ads or are you kind of a no. beginner advertiser on there i'm totally a beginner advertiser um i've done most of my outreach as organic and so this is good me still kind of like getting my feet wet but um at least kind of starting that process yeah no that, that's important i've ran a few ads i've spent a bit of money but so my day job i actually work for an affiliate marketing company so i oh, work cool. 
Yeah, and it's it's really helped me with building my own brand, but I work directly okay. with affiliates, so people that have internet traffic. And oh, just, gotcha. Yeah, so they, they apply with us. I kind of approve them in and, and, and show them what they can promote, but basically they would come to our marketplace where we have products. They pick a product, and then they have to you know make a sales funnel and promote it on Facebook ads. And ah, um, gotcha. just curious because like, I think a lot of people that have never been a merchant or have never been on the inside of Facebook would have no understanding mm -hmm. of how crazy and creepy Facebook ads can be yeah like, with all the data and so how has that yeah. learning process been for you uh, it's overwhelming crazy. yeah it's such a beast um, it is such a beast there's so much to know and I, honestly i'm taking it bit by bit i'm trying not to overwhelm myself yeah. with it it's going to be important for me to really understand everything about it and so i've I've begun that process and trying to, you know, starting to digest what everything means, how I even navigate the platform, all of it. Um, but yeah. it's a, as you said, it's a beast. I completely, completely agree with that. But um, yeah, and it's also kind of creepy that, that they have so much data on, on all of their users. So much data. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the other, the other really funny thing is that a lot of the affiliates that come on and just have an idea that's about affiliate marketing that's not true, thinking that you can just get rich overnight by putting a link somewhere. Is, is that they do Facebook for about two days and then they're like, hey, why haven't I made money? And then they stop, right? Yeah. And that's not going to get you in. Like, as you can see, getting it open, like you've got to spend months just practicing yes. little bit by yes. bit, right? Um, and, but if I can give, yeah. sorry, if I can give you any advice though, um, with it, like, so try to think of it this way because this is not a way that I thought about it before I started yeah. my job, but when you make an ad and you push it to Facebook and, and you go to publish it, you're saying, here, Facebook, show this ad to as many people as possible, and I'm willing to spend you to tell me how people like it in the right. form of data. And like, so, right. so you're basically paying for data. That's, that's all it is, right, when you're mm -hmm. buying ads. So another good thing is just to like com try to compare as many landing pages or, or ads or creative. So if, if you use like two videos, try to split right, test those side right. by side. Um, right. Just because if you only use one ad and nothing works, you don't have comparison data. And comparison data is you know, just as important as any because you want to be able to see what works on one video that doesn't work in the other. So anyways, if, if that might help okay. you at all. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely consider that and, and figure out how I can insert that into my current campaigns. <laughs> yeah and and only start with like three to five dollars right. a day i have heard that don't don't yeah start small because if, if you do a lot of money you're just gonna blow through the ad spend <laughs> and facebook's just gonna take it so <laughs> that's good to know yeah so like space that out as much as you can but um okay perfect and uh what's your favorite social media platform right now is it still instagram in terms of uh, like selling my service? Uh, just in general, yeah. In general, I think Instagram. I think it's just, it, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but right now I've been a huge fan of TikTok. <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. That's not, nothing embarrassing. <laughs> I, um, before I go to bed, just to like have some downtime after, you know, all putting all of my brain power to, to learning, yeah. I will lay in bed for about an hour and just scroll mindlessly through tiktok and chuckle at everything that's on that platform it's super entertaining to me it is really funny no it's so true yeah i was hoping you'd yeah. go there almost <laughs> like, um, yeah i i, I, I just realized 
Instagram. Oh yeah, Instagram. Because I've just been on YouTube actually a lot lately. I gotta say, YouTube's okay. probably my favorite right now, and it okay, hasn't okay. been. But um, I guess I don't know when you start using some of these platforms for more for good things as opposed to scrolling through and getting lost. And right, it makes such a huge difference. Right, right. Yeah, they're all valuable, but it's just, it's interesting, you know, which ones we lean towards in our downtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says something about us, like our spending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alexis. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at um, Financially Brave. You can send me an email at Alexis at Financially Brave, and um, all of my, you know, further contact and information, all that is on my on my page good do you have a website as well or is it just do you do that through the calendly link it's through the calendly link currently i'm actually developing a website so that should be up shortly but it's not completely done just yet okay cool well i'll put that in the show yeah. notes so yeah so people can find your account at least and then they can get yeah. there too but uh, that's great and any last piece of advice for the listeners before we go no, I mean, I, I would just say to anyone who's listening and really trying to understand where to begin, just know that the power truly relies in you. You have to be able to develop your discipline, um, develop the be- behavior you need in order to ensure that you're following through with your goals. And everything else will fall into place as long as you have really honed in on that discipline. So if you're lost, just know that the first place to start is within yourself. And um, as cliche as that sounds... <laughs> Everything else will fall into place. It's so true. Self-awareness, discipline, or great skills. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Alexis. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 33, everybody. You can find this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and at anchor.fm slash highlyinvested. I really hope you got some value out of that episode. And if you learned something new, I would really appreciate it if you can share it with some other like-minded friends or if you could leave a review or a rating. That would be awesome. I love knowing who's listening and it would help with the organic reach. And um, really hope you just learned something new you didn't. Uh, Feel free to contact me though as well. If you have any questions, I am always here to help and serve you best. So this is your host, Jordan Highly signing off, everybody. Stay highly invested in yourselves. Till next time.